0: This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com and by the Ham Station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com.
1: It's Ham Radio.
0: everybody and welcome to ham talk live episode number 30 it's youngsters on the air with sam rose kc2 lrc and sterling coffee in zero ssc recorded live on thursday september 8 2016 i'm your host neil Rapp, wb9 vpg thanks for tuning in to this episode of ham talk live Tonight we'll be joined by Sam Rose, KC2 LRC, and Sterling Coffee in Zero, SSC. They were in Austria this summer for the IARU Region 1 Youngsters on the Air Camp. They'll share their experiences and their ideas for starting a similar event right here in the U.S. We'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week on the show, Rob Sherwood, NC0B, was here. To talk about selecting the HF rig for you and using his receiver performance data charts. So, if you missed that show or any of the others, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com. You can also download the podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, or SoundCloud, or you can also listen to us on YouTube. Get your questions ready to go about youngsters on the air. After the introduction, you can call us on Skype. The username there is HamTalkLive, and you can also call us by telephone. The telephone number is 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-NET-HAM-1, 638-4261. You can also send a question via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at HamTalkLive, and there's even a chat area on HamTalkLive.com. You can Uh, post some questions there as well i'll be right back with sam and sterling right after this word from tower electronics right here on ham talk live this episode of ham talk live is brought to you by tower electronics tower electronics has been the ham's dime store since 1978 bringing connectors antennas cables and other parts to the world Scott and Jill travel the country bringing their store to you at HamFest, but you can also order online at pl-259.com or by calling 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, audio cables, mobile antennas, and hamsticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even in use on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics is a dealer for MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro technologies. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. A flashlight is a case for holding dead batteries. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show once again tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. They'll be at the Findlay, Ohio Ham Fest on Sunday. Next weekend, they'll be in Peoria for the Superfest in Peoria, Illinois. And then on the 24th, they'll be in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Give them a call at 920-435-2973 or visit their website at pl-259.com. Be sure to listen to Ham Talk Live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time right here on hamtalklive.com. And if you miss the show... You can download the podcast from the website and most popular podcasting websites. Sam Rose, KC2 LRC, is from Syracuse, New York. Sam was first licensed in June 2003 at the age of 13. He studied electrical engineering at Clarkson University, where he was president of Clarkson's radio club, K2CC, from 2010 through 2012. He now works with C-Speed in Liverpool, New York, doing engineering and data performance analysis work on the C-Speed Lightwave Radar, a next-generation S-band air traffic surveillance radar. Sam is an avid contester, works satellites, public service events, IRLP, your uh, restores radios, and enjoys special events like balloon launches, uh, International Space Station retransmissions, and weird contests. Since he started ham radio at a young age, he's particularly interested in introducing ham radio to youth and young adults, and to this end, he spoke this past May at the Instructors Forum at the Dayton Hamvention about the importance of college radio clubs and was selected to attend Youngsters on the Air in Austria this past summer. Sterling Coffee n Zero SSC is from St. Louis, Missouri. Sterling is currently in avionics and communication systems design, test, and integration engineer in St. Louis. Sterling became a ham at age 16 and is one of the former youth editors at ARRL and has his own YouTube channel about ham radio. He is a 2014 graduate of Missouri University of Science and Technology, where he was president of the zero Triple E Amateur Radio Club. His degree in electrical engineering with an emphasis in electromagnetics is from there. He does a lot of listening, contesting, and remote operating from the W-Zero Triple E shack, as well as his parents' shack, and he was also selected to represent the United States at Youngsters on the Air in Austria this past summer, which is what we're talking about this evening. So, Sam Sterling, welcome to Ham Talk Live.
2: Hey, happy happy to be here. Evening, Neil. Thanks for having us tonight.
0: Well, I met Sam... uh, a few years ago, uh, over at uh, Hamvention, uh, with uh, one of my former students, and uh, we've kind of kept in, in touch over the years. And um, he's had a lot of, of great ideas, especially for uh, college radio clubs. And so um, he was selected to, to go over here. And then and Sterling's been around uh, doing the, uh, the youth editing uh, over at AWRL, and and that kind of thing, and I see him uh, at the youth forum as well. Uh, so, Sam, I, I did an interview with you uh, for Amateur Radio Newsline a few weeks ago, and, and you mentioned how the two of you uh, were selected for Youngsters on the Air and why this trip was was so important to go on. So why don't you fill in our listeners um, about um, who sent you guys over there and, and what the goal was for you to go over to Yoda?
2: Okay. Well, uh, this is the fifth year or was the fifth year of the youngsters on the air event. Uh, this year it was in Austria. I believe last year it was in Italy. Um, and this event has, uh, picked up so much steam. It's been so successful that uh, a lot of, uh, U S amateur radio societies have been looking into this as a model of, uh, well, how can we interest, uh, enthusiastic youths and, uh, provide activities and, uh, have a get-together um, of youth amateur radio operators in which they can uh, learn some new things, meet each other, and uh, just do some straight-out touristy things. So after four years of this event picking up steam, um, Northern California DX Foundation and Yasme uh, decided to uh, find a couple of us, which we happen to be the two who went, um, and send us out there to take part in the event. And uh, learn about it, uh, partake, take a lot of photos, and come back with some ideas about, you know, what stuff that they do would work well here, and you know, how would we need to change it. But the goal is eventually to create a similar event, or one or many similar events in the U.S.
0: Okay, so um, who who picked you guys out? Uh, how how did that all all go? That was
2: uh, Glenn Johnson W zero GJ. Hopefully, I remember his call sign right. And yeah, uh, that's right. Yep. N zero AX uh, among a couple other at the two foundations.
1: Yeah, I gave you guys a teaser on the I believe episode twenty eight with Ward Silver, um, thanking him for Yoda and thanking him for the consideration and the funding as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, very good. Now um, Sterling, um, when I first heard that. The two of you were going i was i was a little curious because you know i know you guys and i was like mm-hmm. well, wait a minute these guys have graduated college why are they going what why why aren't my students going or you know why aren't some of these uh, other guys going uh how's that working and so um A lot of the programs uh, that we have here in the U.S., like the Culture Youth D Expedition, you got to be 17 or younger, or the Youth Forum Speakers at Hamvention, or Young Ham of the Year, or 18 and and younger. The idea of the word youngster is a little different over there uh, with Yoda. So can you explain uh, to us um, the activities that took place over there and how they define youngster?
1: Yeah, sure. Youngster, it's definitely culture, a different culture over there. Um, a youngster over there might be more portrayed as a young adult. Um, and especially in the ham radio world, um, kids, uh, I guess youngsters, young people or young adults or people under the age of 26, 27 are considered uh, youngsters in the ham radio world, you know. Um, in the U S that's probably more like somebody's age seven, age five, age, you know, anywhere between like five and 10 or so before you get into like adolescence or youth or young adults. So there's a lot of words for it. Um, but that's what they had. And I imagine if we bring it to the U S we might call it uh, youth on the air or something similar. Um, there were, there was a myriad of activities. There was a whole week full of, um, activities ranging from an ISS contact a lot of workshops where we built things like an HF uh, roll-up antenna, an fed half-wave antenna. Uh, we built a um, slim Jim J pole as well, and they they provided all of these all of this equipment to us. By the way, for you know as part of the application fee, which was only twenty five euro, which was really really good for a week long um, stint in a very nice youth hotel in Austria um, with all these activities. We all got Raspberry Pis, and we made a whisper beacon out of it. We built a low-pass low filter to filter out the noise from the harmonics that it generated. We did uh, Ham HamWan ham or HamNet. Uh, over in Europe, they have this, yeah, HamNet, right?
2: HamNet is a, uh, to give you a quick description, it's a uh, high-speed uh, data protocol based on Wi-Fi.
1: Yeah, and they all use, we, get, we got 5.8 gigahertz routers and uh, antennas. Uh, and we got to connect to that, and you could you could communicate all across Europe with the hamnet and it's it 's really well done and really well like uh distributed similar to the ham win in Seattle and uh, the one in austin and uh i think there's one in california too uh, but it 's much more spread out um and uh i guess completed and what else did we do sam uh we did uh We did some mcom um uh, events like basically setting up a station really quickly and learning how to send email over the air. Uh, mm-hmm. We did our main events, which were, I would think, the castle and the ice cave excursions, where we went to go activate a castle. Um, you might remember the name of it, Sam, uh, better than me. Fish
0: Hohenwerfen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Say that three times fast, would you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And and there we did a castles on the air activation. Uh, we got to see this cool bird presentation or this birds of prey presentation where they had these trained eagles and hawks and, and raptors and crows. Uh, I guess they had vultures there as well that would fly around and they talked about it, but it was in, it was in German, so we didn't understand too much. Um, which, by the way, everybody spoke English at the camp. Uh, since they had 30 countries being represented there, they decided the uh, camp language would be English. Uh, and it turns out most people know English pretty well, you know, with all the accents and uh, countries that um, came. It was no problem for us uh, at all. Um, I could bring up the schedule, there was a whole schedule of, of activities. Um, to remind me, uh but Sam, uh, why don't you uh take care of the last half of the week?
2: Uh, we did a couple of uh we did a couple of really interesting things, and I thought one of the strongest point was uh of uh, the camp was that we really mixed up uh between just straight out uh ham radio workshops and touristy activities, so the uh castle uh, hohenwerfen uh the ice cave were really more touristy than ham radio but we had a little bit of ham radio activity mixed in um the summits on the air activation was uh, a big hike to the top of a couple of uh, mountains in austria which was beautiful austria is majestic um and there were three different mountains that uh we could go on um different levels of difficulty and each had a cable car uh, or a ski lift getting us most of the way to the top, and then we hiked the rest and just stayed up there for a couple of hours uh, and socialized and operated a few portable stations. And then finally we did a European-style fox hunt, which is a uh, a bit different than what I'm used to here, Um, and that was where you uh, you, you were up against the clock to do a uh, 1.6-mile course um, where there were five foxes to find, each with a little uh, a little hole punch on them that punches a pattern into your card. So you'd uh, one at a time, you'd find each fox, punch your card, and uh, the person who won was the person who made it back the, the most quickly. So it was not only a, a radio direction finding event, but it was also an athletic event. You know, the if you were the fastest person, then the, you, you you would do better. Um, then also it's just, that was a, a lot of fun. So, um, finally, um, we, uh, we've, we've done a really good job, uh, keeping in touch with the, uh, organizers and our, uh, the people that we participated with. Um, there's been a, there's been an internet chat room that was put up, uh, by somebody there to keep us in touch and they've done some contests, uh, following uh in particular we had a wspr contest where we took the beacons we made out of our raspberry pies and got on the air for a week and the person who or the team who had the highest average distance of their top 10 contacts won and we we were team usa was number two to team germany um and we all had a lot of fun and that's been uh keeping us in touch there's a couple people um uh, tutoring each other uh, in Morse code. There's a couple people uh, discussing how to put up better antennas, and and they've really uh, done a good job making sure that uh, people who are interested have been able to uh, take the activities forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, excellent. And and there was so much more to it. Like we also had our uh, OE2YOTA special event station there. We had four HF stations yes. and a. One hundred and twenty foot tall mobile, portable mobile um, tower with a big OptiBeam on it, and we had this operating. We made over seven thousand gusos on it during the week, and that was that was a big uh, focus point for the for the group. So that was a lot of fun.
0: And even a little volleyball, I heard.
1: Yeah, volleyball as well as a a, a lake trip, a swimming trip, we went on.
0: So it sounds like there's a there's a good balance there to try to mm-hmm. get people together. So. Now that you're, you're back, Sam, and, and you've had a few weeks to, to kind of reminisce and decompress about uh, the, the trip, what did you learn from that experience that um, is possibly going to help start a similar event uh, here in the U.S.?
2: Well, that is... Uh quite a big subject of a conversation, but we, we hit on a few already. And one of, one of them that I thought was one of the best was the balance between, um, amateur radio activities and some time off so that, uh, so, so that, uh, socialization and resting and going out to bars could occur. Um, and, uh, some activities, uh, that that were just plain touristy, like going to, uh, See the uh, the ice cave and going to the lake and playing beach volleyball. Um, it was a really good mix-up. Um, the activities were uh, were well geared towards both uh, hams who were new and uh, hams who were pretty experienced. Um, that that was one thing that took me by surprise was the this was definitely not really an un, it was not an introductory camp. I thought it was much more of mm-hmm. kind of an intervi- uh, camp camp geared towards uh, intermediate to advanced uh, youths, but there were, there were some of everybody, and some of the kids uh, really enjoyed the ability to uh, grab a time shift on the station. Um, a lot of them turned out to be really good operators who had just never had the opportunity to operate such a good station and, and never uh, did things like figuring out, oh, my antenna is pointed this way because my, their antennas were just dipoles in their yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, uh, the activities themselves were, uh, were quite good. Um, there were, uh, there was a lot of diversity. Um, there were some optional workshops in which, uh, we had a, um, there's some things were like a uh, explained de-expeditions, um, some workshops on uh, cell phone technology, um, some emergency communications gear. Um, there was also a lot of tying together of the workshops. Um, the, uh, emergency communications antennas or portable antennas that we made, um, which were just these simple NFED uh high C antennas that worked down to about twenty meters. Um we did those one day, we built them. And then later we took them up on the uh castle and that's where we did our uh, castle on the air activation. So that the stuff kept being carried forward. Um finally, I think one of the strongest parts of the event was that they focused on intermediate-level hams, um, people who were a bit older in some cases, um, and they really they sold it more and did it more as a, uh, an event to let people who have interest, who want to flex their muscles, flex their muscles and find people to do it with. And I think that's why there's 125 participants in this chat room that we started at the end of it. And most of us still talk about things and we're all trying to advance in some way. So Mm -hmm. certainly a lot of other things to uh, discuss. I think, I think those were the main points though.
0: Okay. So Sterling, now that we've, we've got these ideas, um, how are the plans coming for, you know, trying to do something like this? Where, where is this sitting now? And, and, what are you guys hoping to organize in the next year or so?
1: Well, this is a big, uh, a big, heavy loaded question because one thing Sam didn't mention is the amount of planning and effort and the and the five years prior to this of uh, learning about what was good, what was bad. Um, this was a very, very well run camp, and it was it was done. Uh, it couldn't have been done without the I think about thirty um, uh, volunteer leaders. Uh, who helped this was performed mainly by the um, Austrian Radio Club Society, uh, who had a lot of very talented project engineers and uh, leaders, and people were very into um, very and knew a lot about like you know teaching and leading and especially with a youth group like this. Um, there was a lot of negotiations with pricing, there was a lot of sponsorships, uh, tons of sponsorships actually like well over um, a couple dozen. From companies and, and donors and everything like that. So the plans are really, really in, in truly early stages. Currently, we're writing a uh, sort of a proposal, sort of a, a lessons learned. What have we learned from this event that we're going to send off to um, the guys who sent us there, NCDXF and YASMI? And currently, I'm talking with a lot of um, interested people around. Uh, eventually, I'll be seeing um, what the ARRL thinks of this, if they can help support us in the future. Um, as well as looking into venues, locations, um, and then also finding the the people. Like this has to get out, the word has to get out to everyone, all the young hams uh, out there, um, so that we actually have people involved. And Jamboree on the Air of the Boy Scouts has a lot of this covered, so we're going to try to leverage a lot of what they know uh, about um, youth and ham radio, uh, and using ham radio to you know get a lot of credit and badges and um, as well as get more youth on the air from that event to help us with this camp that'll be mainly focused to about ham radio as opposed to focused on, you know, uh, scouting and camping and um, that sort of thing. So um, we don't know how how long it's going to take at this moment. It's right now just Sam and I and, you know, one or two other people out there. Uh, and so I'm expecting this to snowball very soon once we get this uh article out and a few newsletters and really get the word out about our intentions, of, our intentions of bringing this to Ira Eugen too.
0: Very good. Well, get your questions ready, folks. We're going to uh, take a break and uh, pay part of the bills, but uh, we'll be back here just shortly to take your calls after this message from the ham station right here on ham talk live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by the Ham Station. For 35 years, the Ham Station has brought new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to the amateur radio community. Give Jeff or Dan a call at 1-800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yaesu, and Kenwood. Shop from a wide selection of radio scanners MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, Mirage and Ameritron amplifiers, Kushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online shopping and fast shipping are waiting for you at hamstation.com or call 1 800 729 4373. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live.
1: Hey,
2: baby, what's your sign? What's your call sign?
0: Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812 NET Ham 1. That's 812 638 4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. The Ham Station has you covered for both new and used equipment. You can even try it out right there in the store. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. Hey, be sure to listen to us uh, here on Ham Talk Live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. All you have to do is go to hamtalklive.com and uh, also check out our Facebook page and our Twitter feed. We usually post some links uh, about the show and uh, some pictures up there. Just search for Ham Talk Live. Well, it's time now for your calls, so if you have a question uh, for Sam or Sterling or a comment, give us a call. The phone number is 812-NET-HAM-1, that's 812-638-4261, uh, or you, also you can Skype, you can Skype us at Ham Talk Live. Um, you can tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Uh, that's the name, at Ham Talk Live on Twitter, Um, Or you can post in the chat. Uh, We can do that as well. So if you have any questions about youngsters on the air or want to talk about it, give us a call. Again, 812-638-4261. So while you guys were over there um, and while we're waiting on some questions to come in and some calls... um, you guys had a chance to do a little uh, little sightseeing uh, while you were over there. Did you get to do any operating on your own away from the camp, or uh, just just tour around and take in the sights? Uh, what what were you able to uh, to do there?
1: Uh, well, we didn't do. I didn't do much operating aside from the camp, um, but I did do a lot of sightseeing. I went and uh, hung out in Munich. Uh, for uh, for the Saturday after the camp was over to hang out with one of my college uh, um, friends, college peers from my Mars Rover team. And that was really cool. He took me up to a um, a clock tower where you can climb up, I think, 14 flights of stairs. Um, so that was really cool. And it was really convenient, too, because my fiancé and I are planning on going to uh, do, like, a European tour um, this Christmas, and we're going to, like, five different countries, and the whole idea of going to Europe is much much more settled with me now that I've gone there. Um, saw some sites and kind of understand how to, you know, how to spread your, spread your wings in, in the European country. It was a whole new, whole new thing to me. Cause I've never been out, out of the country that far.
2: Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, during the camp, you know, there were, there were certainly some opportunities to do it around, uh, of the grind, um, which was the little Austrian ski town that we were in. Um, i was uh i was more uh concerned there with uh with, with uh some photography than getting on the radio um we did uh, we we did go and uh work uh o e two yoda by uh attaching uh s five seven l r s uh f t eight seventeen to the screen in the window and loading it up and there was OE2 stroke KC2 LRC. Hey, you're in the log. And pass the microphone to Sterling. OE2 stroke N0 SSC. Hey, that's two contacts, right? So, (laughs) (laughs) but I did go see uh, Salzburg for two days afterwards. I saw Munich for the last day, um, and I had a good time. Um, But the the touristy stuff that we did as part of the camp was uh, phenomenal. I mean, uh, getting to see the castle. The uh, we took the tour of the castle. Um, we saw the uh, Birds of Prey show, and then uh, we had a. Meanwhile, another group was uh, in the uh, you know, Ice Rising Welt, the largest ca- ice cave in Austria and maybe the world. Um, and so then we switched around noon, and uh, they, the two groups uh, did alternate activities. And so there was there was plenty to see, and not to mention, I I want to go skiing in Austria now. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So maybe uh, planning a return visit is that uh, is that a fair I assessment?
2: Called, uh, I think that's called uh, Friedrichshafen.
0: There mm-hmm. you go. There you go. So there's a lot
2: of uh, there's a lot of uh, notion that a lot of the people that I met there meet in Friedrichshafen, and you know that's a, that's something I've been thinking about for a few years now as a way to uh, break the ice and go to Europe. And, so the icebreaker turned out to be something completely different but you know what fun would it be to uh go and uh see this and maybe uh operate for a day or two at some of my new friends uh stations make a special QSL card for anybody I work and just have a good time.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it was a good time. And I saw a lot of your your pictures and uh you did get some uh some nice uh Photography work in over there, and 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 even a, a, a meal and a beverage or two.
2: Yes, um, probably one of the best aspects of the event, and one of the hardest we would have recreating in the U.S. is in Europe. Most drinking ages are between sixteen and eighteen. Now, I uh, I showed up at the intercultural night that they did, which was basically. Bring, uh bring something from your country um, bring bring some food <laughs> dessert or something from your country and there were all kinds of pastries and, and snacks and
1: yeah cultural oh, dress everybody had their flag shown
2: yeah and uh, so you know if I did this again I would have brought a couple of nice uh, things of bourbon whiskey um, that would have been very American but instead we just had a whole bunch of, uh, of Crummy mass market confections:
1: some Twinkies, some Kit Kats, some Snickers, and uh, a bunch of glow sticks. They really like that. Sticks. As if <laughs> the glow, glow sticks, wow. um,
0: yeah, red, white, and blue. Well, you, it was please really tell me look- you didn't dress up like Justin Bieber. Oh no. oh no! No, we're from the U.S., not from Canada. Exactly. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll, I can't we'll say the same of Miley
1: Cyrus, but <laughs> we
0: haven't had
2: a team VE three yet, but we have team W two for the first time at this camp.
1: Yeah, they're really expanding. But, yeah, no, we we had no idea it was going to be. We actually thought we were going to be mentors or leaders because we thought it was going to be a, like youngsters, as in young people, as in people younger than us. Uh, but that was totally not the case. The youngest person there was 15, and I think the oldest was 26 or 27. I know, Sam, you were up there.
2: No, it was uh, the oldest person I was aware of who was with a team was 32. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the polish team members i think the team leader and he was a very interesting guy he works on uh, installing things on radio on comms towers Um, Mm -hmm. so we were talking about uh, security cameras that they were putting up on uh, borders and what infrastructure he had to put up to support that
0: yeah like i said that was one of the things that i was like okay wait, uh, wait a minute i know these guys are not you know or at least right. over twenty-one. Uh, what's we have going to, on with that? We have
1: to consider something like that, you know, because uh, it might be really shocking to to hear, you know, for a lot of people who want to, like you, who want to help organize and, and gar- garner some youth for it, um, that they'll be surprised to hear, oh, you know, my seven-year-old or my ten or thirteen-year-old, they're not allowed. What? What for? So we might look into um, changing the age and changing a whole bunch of things. It's just it's just going to be a big project. So,
0: well, oh, and, sure. and yeah. maybe that you have a better selection of those younger, younger ages here in the U S that they mm-hmm. may not have over there. I know, um, some countries actually do have an age requirement on the, uh, yeah. uh license 16, even. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when I took, when I took, uh, my, uh, novice class, um, you know, there was an age limit of 13 on it and here I am walking in at five, you know, and, <laughs> dad's just like, well, you know, he's just going to sit here with me, you know, and come with me. He'll be quiet. He won't cause any trouble. And, and, you know, and then all of a sudden when I start copying code, everybody starts looking around going, uh, why do we have this 13 year old age requirement? So, um, you know, it, it all worked yeah. out and, and got my license and, you know, and that paved the way I think for, a lot of others to start out at that kind of a, you know, that young of an age. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it may be that that you have to change that. But then,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, you also have have issues with, you know, are you going to trust your your six year old kid at a camp
1: right. with with, liability with strangers and, and
0: liability and yeah, yeah. So there's but a, at the same time to consider.
1: Yeah, at the same time, I need to, because ham radio was the reason why I got the jobs that I did and that I went to the school that I did. And I feel like, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to exclude anybody from learning about ham radio and doing these cool things that really, you know, set the hook and, you know, um, or like get you, you know, how you get the bug of ham radio, you get bit by the bug. Um, this sort of stuff really inspired me to get more involved in promoting youth and promoting ham radio to youth. Um, so the same thing, you know, goes for young people. We want more young people so that we can have more people in STEM fields, for example. You know what I mean?
2: Certainly, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Much like I uh, presented on at uh, the instructors forum at uh, the Hamvention, that really benefits uh, young people who are uh, going into universities and then who are coming out. Certainly, uh, radar and radio have a lot in common. They're the same thing for a different purpose, and ham radio. I think um, it gave me the advantage in college of not just being, oh, that guy who's done his coursework and what's, well, everybody has. Well, how are you going to appear different than that? How are you going to appear to have some sort of advantage? And to me, that was uh, uh, dealing with the uh, the ham radio. exactly So I think one of the big things that we um, learned here was that at least in my opinion, I don't know how true this is, but for, for, from my perception, I believe the, uh, energy, um, directed towards outreach to young hams in the U S, um, is directed. Maybe it's not directed necessarily to young, but it's, there's not enough of it directed at kind of, uh, college age and young adult hams, um, the way that it seemed to have been in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't again, I don't know if that's a correct perception, but at least that's how I feel it is. We have big programs like ARRL, Big Project, which are focused on uh, middle schools and high schools. Um, and then uh, at that point, uh, the kids are kind of turned loose, and I think there's a lot to be lost there, especially if you build kids up at that point and then uh, don't take them further. So uh, Yoda probably... Uh, Adapted for the U.S. really could be a, a building block in the next step. You know, we, we expose people to more advanced activities, um, you know, have icebreakers, spend a week with people your age, um, mm-hmm. in camp, um, and then keep in touch when you leave. Um,
1: yeah. Really and all in all, sense. it's mutually beneficial because, you know, all of the young people that came back uh, to their respective country were inspired like us. And here we are. trying to bring this to the U.S. and IRA region too and other countries that don't have it. And the same goes for them. They're bringing the idea that young people in ham radio are not a dime a dozen. They're actually, uh, or the other way around, are not uh, a diamond in the rough. Um, They're actually tons of them. There's literally dozens of us out there who um, are into this. And we need to know that as young people so that we staying in interested and included and inspired
0: 812-638-4261 812 net ham one if you have a question or a comment for sam rose and sterling coffee we have just a few minutes remaining so if you uh want to call in give us a call or uh post something on chat or on twitter uh we will uh sure talk about it um the the fox hunt uh sam that you were telling me about back back in the newsline segment uh that really uh fascinated me and they do that on 80 meters
2: yes with ferrite bar antennas which are very bidirectional um so they have uh, these small transmitters when they uh use these custom built uh receivers which have a, i think it's probably a very simple receiver um, and the, uh, the ferrite bar antenna is much more compact than a Yagi that you would use on uh, VHF or UHF even, and it's remarkably good for that because it has strong nulls uh, on either side. Now, they put some sort of uh, second antenna on the thing. It was a little whip on one side that you could uh, press a red button on the box, and it would activate that, and that would attenuate it to one side so that you could disambiguate which side of the ferrite bar you were uh, listening on. And that really just meant, uh, well, which, which side of the road is the thing on for the, ran, the run that we did. Um, now, on Sterling's Twitter, I believe, you can watch his run. Um, he, had a, he, had a, he was the video guy. I was the still pictures guy. And so he had a GoPro on when he uh, did this run. So you can see exactly what we did on uh, Sterling's Twitter. That's N0SSC on
0: Twitter. Yeah. yeah, and we'll try to retweet that, actually. Sure.
1: It was intense. Like, I got sweaty. Um, I fell a few times. I got wet. You know, it was really a, a great cross-country run. And, and, you know, in fact, right now, the 18th, oh, I got a cat in front of me, the 18th World ARDF Championships is going on right now until tomorrow, I believe. Uh, and U.S. has actually has a, a team there. I don't know how well they're doing, but uh, that's currently <laughs> going on right now.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a much more exhilarating event than your uh, typical FoxCon uh, that I'm I've been used to doing it in the states.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounded uh, sounded really interesting, and uh, it'd be cool to bring that idea. to the
1: U.S. So, too. Yeah,
0: yeah that that's that was exactly what I was getting ready to say. Was you think uh, you'll you'll do it that style? Uh, if you get a chance to do this here, Absolutely.
1: yeah, because all I've done all we've done before is like the um, you know there's a fox out in your city and you got to go find it you know drive to it with your um you know tape measure yagi Uh, but this is a totally different thing you got a map you have to have a compass you got to go you know run for it and you're racing against everybody so everybody loves competition everybody loves games um and i really think something like that would be would be great to have over here because i don't i don't i don't know if we do it and we certainly do don't do it enough if we do
0: Yeah, i agree well, we're just about out of time, so if there's anything you guys want to throw in here,'ve we've, we've got about a minute to uh, to wrap things up. Unintended. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, I think I've uh, said it. I mean, there's still so much to talk about with uh, with Yoda, and we still have so much go to go uh, forward in, uh, in bringing it over.
2: No, for sure. Well I uh yeah, you know, first of all I really appreciate the time on tonight. Um there's so much more to talk about. Um but we'll be uh we'll be uh putting together um the what we think about uh whatever our event turns into. We hope it's gonna be successful. We we think it will be and you know, I'm always uh looking uh forward if there to working with whoever's uh interested in Getting together to uh, form this event. So
1: absolutely, really feel, free um, feel free to contact us.
2: Get in touch with us. QRZ com for me and, and uh, for Sterling.
1: Yeah, N zero SSC. Just Google me. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah. so N zero SSC and KC two, LRC are the call signs. And uh, yeah, I want to hear more about this. And uh, if I can uh, interject uh, some things into uh, to helping out on that, I'd uh, absolutely love to. So. Guys, thanks for being on the show tonight. We sure, uh, appreciate it. Thank you. I really
1: appreciate the opportunity to talk about it.
0: Yeah, thanks for it. having us tonight. It's been uh, fun. Yep. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Sam Rose, KC2LRC, and Sterling Coffee, N0SSC, and everybody out there listening in cyberspace. And invite you all back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time when Skylar Fennel, KD0WHB, The 2016 Bill Pasternak Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year will be here to talk about his award and his future plans. For a list of all of our upcoming guests, be sure to visit hamtalklive.com. For now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. (laughs) Out, <laughs>